Hi everyone and welcome to episode 6 of 90th Minute Minute with me, Scott Noble. I'd like to thank everyone very much for listening to the previous 5 episodes of Series 2. And if you are still listening to Series 1, I'd also like to thank you for that as well. Today I'm delighted to be enjoyed by Crook Town Manager Jamie Tunstall. So Jamie, thanks very much for joining me today. No problem, no problem. Thanks very much for inviting me on. Not a problem, it's, uh, it's great to have you on. So... In Series 1, I had um, Tony Fawcett on, the writing and crew manager at the time, who, well, I say at the time, who'd recently been made man- joint manager at Whitley Bay. Um, now, not to put, put any extra pressure on you, but that episode did get over 200 listens, so the, 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 challenge, the challenge has been set, so hopefully, um, hopefully it sort of meets somewhere around there. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll, you'll do a good job. <laughs> Cheers, uh, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no pressure at all there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so first of all, I guess the, the general question everyone gets asked on podcasts or in, in conversation um, is, first of all, how's lockdown been for you and what challenges have you have you mainly faced, you know, being manager of a team, not being full-time as well? It, it, it's obviously been tough to try and keep the players engaged and keep the players ready and taking over for when the new season was, was going to start, really. Yeah, um Firstly, for, from a personal point of view, um, it was it, it's great. I, I've, spoke, I've listened to um, a couple of your podcasts, and, and everybody seems to say the same thing in terms of being able to, to see your family more. Um, football takes up a, a lot of, of our time, um, and being able to spend some time with with the family is it, it's been great. Um, fortunate in the job that I um, that I work in that I can I can work from home, so. From a from a, a money perspective, we've never we've not really been hit, so yeah. that was obviously um, really really important. Um, and we had a my wife had our second child in May, so we had a lockdown baby. So yeah, cheers. Uh, so that was um, so that in itself was was kind of good to be around, and obviously I could be a close hand because that's our second, and yeah, two's been a challenge so far um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah, it's been good to be able to support to support the missus whilst. Um, while she's been having a fight with two, while differently out of work, and, and to be fair, my work have been been top class in terms of the support they've given us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it, it's definitely been a um, a different three or four months than than I would have expected. Um, but it's certainly been one that that's that has been good, certainly from a family side of things. From a football perspective, yeah, I think again, probably similar to everybody else, it's just the the whole uncertainty. Um, even now we kind of have an idea as the season may well start on the 5th of September but we're now kind of 17th of August and we're still we're still not sure it's just that that everyone's eager to get going but also everybody understands the, the circumstances and, the, and the, the kind of the horrific situation that we, we found ourselves in over the last couple of months um, from, from, a, from a squad perspective we, uh, we did a couple of these actually we did, did a couple of Zoom meetings with, yeah. with the lads just to try and keep people engaged um, which went down okay we had, we had 10 or so 10-12 people joining and, um, which was good and from, from, a, from a kind of a, a mental side of things a lot of players it's, 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 uh, it's what, they, what they get up and go to work for is to look forward to training on a Wednesday or games and then on a Saturday that's what they, that's what they want to do Um and for them to, take, to be taken away from them, sometimes you kind of worry about where people's mental states are. So I wanted to try and do something just to check in on them and, and have regular contact. We had a, um, we had a bit of a, a competition, um, like a, a 3K competition. Yeah. Um, so we split the, the, the group into teams and we, we raised some money for charity, which was which was good as well, um, yes. which just kept the lads engaged. Um, and then 
we kind of had an idea if it was going to start September time was to, to push our original plan back for pre-season. Um, but we give kind of the lads a, a bit of a programme to, 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 to set their minds to in the build-up to pre-season. So kind of like an off-schedule programme, which looking at the how the guys have come back, how they've looked after themselves, it seems to have, seems to have done the trick. So we're really happy with how people come back um, back into pre-season. And that was probably because of maybe maybe had a large part of the programme that we, 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 we set them. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's funny how the the season got curtailed really because I, I was flicking flicking through the the Twitter uh, account the Crooktown Twitter account uh, a few minutes before I came on actually just to do a bit of research and the game against Willington I think got cancelled it was either on the day or the day beforehand so I mean that's massively tough for for yourself for the players for everyone involved with the club because initially we thought it would be maybe a four to six week lockdown and. You know, might be might be back for me, and we might get a couple of games in May. But to to go through the process of being away from football for six months, if you take away the close season, which would would have been in anyway, it's obviously yeah. re- been really tough for players. So you know, in in the close season, as you know as well, with players moving from club to club, it's it's been even harder as well because you don't know what conversations would have been had. But it sounds like you yourselves and other clubs have have managed to. Keep those players engaged and keep the players interested for the for the new season as well. Yeah, it, 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 don't get me wrong; it's really really tough because you don't want to be you, you don't want to be because again because of the uncertainty you don't want to be knocking on people's doors, people bringing people every two minutes when that could go for six months. People yeah. be people, I think people are fed up of listening to my voice <laughs> speaking to them regularly anyway, let alone in the off season. You know, you kind of want to give lads the their own time and obviously like myself obviously I had a lot going on with my family and you just then think of, of, of the guys who were probably in a similar situation um, going back to the, the Willington situation we were there we were actually yeah. at the game the, the game was due right. to go ahead it was a Friday night game which they're always usually really well supported games the Crook-Willington games I think in the in the game at Crook early on in the season there was 450 in, in um, yeah. which was which is massive for a yeah. club of, 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 of the second division of the Northern League, so it's it's a really really well supported, probably the biggest fixture in in our division. Yeah. Um, in terms of attendances, um, and the the away leg, um, was was probably going to be was probably going to be really well supported as well. So, yeah, we, we we got the lads there and we walked through the door, and then all of a sudden the secretary was like, "Doc," and we were like, "Wow, what <laughs> what for?" And obviously then back in mid March we didn't have any idea yeah. of the scale as as kind of really what was going on and. Uh, probably a little bit naively we were thinking well cannot we just get this game out of the way because yeah. obviously the lads had got there they wanted to play they'd worked all week it was Friday they were looking forward to having the weekend and all of a sudden like that was locked down it was just like yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the teeth for the lads especially for people who travelled and, and, and got to the game and, and yeah it was just like but yeah then obviously now knowing what we know we kind of it was probably well it was the, the right decision to do um, most definitely but yeah it was a, at the time we were desperate to play Um we lost the week before. Uh, we'd been on a great run, and we'd lost the week before to Chesley Street. Yeah. Um, so the lads were itching to try and kind of put that right. Um, so yeah, then thinking, is it going to be two weeks? Is it going to be three weeks? We're kind of hanging on to the fact that the season might well finish, and then obviously yeah, for then the season's been null and voided. Then just yeah, it was kind of put a real damper on the whole season, really. Yeah, definitely, it definitely did, especially for yourselves who were you know. Fighting for a top four position as well. We'll, I mean, we'll come back. We'll revisit the, the 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 conversation about last season as well. But yeah, as you know, you you yourself as well. You've listened to 
you know, he's, like you say, you've listened to a couple of podcasts from from this this series as well, and you know how it works in terms of the start of the episode. Normally, discusses about a coaching journey. Um, and obviously, when we first met, I was at um, I was at Berkeley, but you were the, like the manager of of Crook. But in terms of how I normally work with the guests, I normally have a bit of an understanding about how their coaching journeys have came about and they normally try to describe it to, to other people who are listening. But in terms of me knowing you, I've only ever known you as Crook Town Manager, but was there a coaching journey leading up to that or was it straight into management? Um, yeah, there was a bit. Of, there was a brief coaching spell. Probably from quite a young age, I've, I've, I've been fascinated with, with the, whole, the whole idea of football and, um, and, and as a player, being, playing in different areas of the country, I had a spell down in Sheffield, um, just, just that the the, the northeast counties is, is 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 kind of a different ball game to the northern league. And yeah. um, I had a couple of years where I was uh, had a scholarship in America, and again that was that was completely different. Um, and it fascinated me. I would often sit with a with, with a manager and, and, and just go over his his understanding of, of why he would pick certain teams and play certain ways. And that's kind of always been some, like something instilled within me. Um, so from quite a young early age, I kind of thought I, I would like to prolong my career past the play um, and get involved in a, in a coaching side. And that started um, yeah, it's, it's probably six, six, seven years ago with a uh, with a junior section at that with Darlington Youth. Yeah. Um, I, I took on an under 17s team going in the the Premier Division of the Russell Foster League with no team, with no players, and we yeah. had like five weeks to get a team together. Um, and that was a real challenge. Um, just firstly to get to get people interested in, in playing. Yeah. Um, we got a group of about 13, 14 lads together um, and I think they would probably hold their hands up now and say they, they probably weren't good enough to fit that standard. I mean, you'll know the Russell Foster League. Um, I was all, I always played in the Teesside Junior League when I was growing up so the Russell Foster was a bit alien to me yeah. but they're probably more familiar from, from, where, from where you're from. Um, obviously, lots of people young kids coming out of Sunderland and Newcastle and, and, and Middlesbrough um, they were straight into those teams um, and we were we were just a, a really really well a, a brand new team full of players who who, um, who just wanted to play football um, so that first year was a real challenge we got beat uh, double figures most weeks it yeah. was it was a real real tough challenge um, probably one of the the one of my more, most favourable games was actually a game towards the back end of that, that season where we managed to draw a game. We lost every single game, yeah. quite comfortably lost yeah. every single game. And then I think two or three games from the end, I think we, we drew. And the faces of, of the lads who'd worked so hard, who'd been there all season to get a draw, um, was just was just off the charts. And that still still sits with me with, with me now. And, you know, moving, I'd like, I hope I can, I can kind of continue my journey as a coach and hopefully progress. Um, but that'll still always stick with me. That knowing that that full season of really, really tough, challenging times is they stuck with me. They never missed a training session, and, and that was great to, to see the, the satisfaction that they got at the end of that at that season. From there, um, I kind of um, I took on the under 16s at Darlington Youth, um, who had a really, really good team, and we were probably in a false league. Uh, we were uh, there's there's a lot of good players who've now gone on to play um, in the Northern League. Um, Joey Smith, who's with me at Crook. Yeah. Um, Niall Smith, I think was at Ashwin in last year. Dale Milburn, who's a really good player at um, Brandon. Um, though we had, we had a really really good side. Um, a couple of people I think are at Richmond now, and um, they 
they had a really, really good team, but we were in a false league. We were in like a third division of the Teesside League when we probably were a first division, first division team. So that was complete opposite. We were, we were one of the teams winning most weeks. Yeah. So that was kind of, we had to try to give lads different challenges, kind of try and keep clean sheets every week and defend as a team as opposed to just winning 5-2 and 7-2. It was, can we make sure we defend properly? And, and even if that means you don't score as many goals, that's folks on both sides of the game. Yeah. Um, so that was that was that was the following year, um, and then my in my third year in coaching, I think I did the under fifteens, um, and we won the county cup that year. So that was a really, really again a really successful year. And again, there's some some really good young players who are about nineteen now. I think we'll we'll probably see in the northern league in the next year or two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of how my journey started within Darlington Youth. Um, then. Um, when my wife fell pregnant, I kind of had to make a decision as to around playing on a Saturday or coaching on a Sunday. It wasn't really fair to, to, to kind of do both. Yeah. Um, so I, I got the opportunity to be um, player assistant manager at Norton with uh, Dino Brown. Um, right. And Dino's a, a close friend of mine and it kind of just fit. Um, I had the opportunity to still be involved in the playing side, but I had a, it was kind of the next step in terms of my coaching path, if you like. Um, and really enjoyed that. Um, obviously the, Norton kind of folding was was devastating for us. It was it was Dino's first real proper job, and it was my kind of real first proper job. And I think we both spoke about it at length afterwards. And it was it was probably too soon for both of us. He probably needed someone with a bit of experience uh, as an assistant manager, and I think yeah. he'd probably be the first to, to say that. Um, and similarly, I probably need him to work with a manager with a bit more experience. Um, so following that, I, get, I then had a um, I went I went to play for Crook and that's kind of how I got involved in, in, in understanding the club um, and then I had an opportunity to again be a kind of a player assistant manager with Billington and Thonia kind of two three seasons ago now Yeah. Um, with Conrad Hillaby Conrad was the manager um, and um, I come in and been an assistant and he kind of said again Conrad's a friend away and outside of football um, and he, his plan was to kind of phase out and it was possibly an opportunity for me to become a manager longer term. Um, and I think probably but for a change in chair, and that, that may well have still been the case. Um, but because of the club's circumstances, um, Conrad stepped aside, chairman kind of changed, changed hands. Um, and that was, again, a really tough, challenging challenging period in the first division of the, of the Northern League with, with no budget. Yeah. Um, sometimes just trying to get 11, 12 players on the pitch was, was difficult. Um, but we held our own on, on, on the whole. And don't get me wrong, some games we, we got beat quite comprehensively. But I remember my first game, I think, was, was uh, might have been Dunstan. We lost 2-1, um, which was a close game. Um, there was another couple of games where we lost by the odd goal. So, But yeah, I, I, that was kind of baptism, baptism of fire for me, throwing really at the deep end and um, learned a lot in those in, in those four or five months uh, as manager really um, then like I say chairman changed hands and um, was then told I wasn't 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 wanted wasn't needed at, at Billingham Synthonia and that was kind of the end of it and just kept in really throughout management I kind of kept in contact with the cook chairman um, and a couple of other managers around deciding what to do and what my next path was and um, from there kind of obviously following the, the, the manager um, leaving cook um, three seasons ago, um, went and had a chat with with the chairman, um, and then got offered the job, and it kind of kind of took on from there, really. Yeah, and kind of rough first first five months. We we could have been a very different path, really. Um, turn of, turn of the year, we were in the bottom five. Um, 
and then from there it's kind of kind of only really been positive. So we we we've, we've really changed fortunes the kind of last eighteen months or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been positive, and like I said, we will probably come on to the to last season's successes, even though last season didn't actually count as a season if that makes sense um, yeah. but because you've had that coaching opportunity at, at the clubs at the senior teams whatever league they, they may be and did that, did that would that say you set, set you up better for management because you'd understood the role the manager played in a senior men's team as opposed to just you know a, a youth team where you're not really a manager you're just a, a head coach aren't you yeah 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 I think I've been quite fortunate that I've, got, I've had Quite senior posts at a young age at quite well big clubs. Yeah. Um, St. Thony is a is a is a is a big club. Um, so to yeah to kind of be 30, 31 and in a in an assistant manager's post is yeah it, it, you kind of then see what the manager goes through. And, and I've been fortunate um, working under Dino and working under working under Conrad. I was very involved. They, they involved me quite a lot. So we would have daily conversations like I do now with, with my assistant manager. It's very much yeah. It's, for me, it's very much a um, it's a team role. It's not just about my decisions. The the two coaches that I had with me and the assistant manager have a big big part in in, that, in how we run things. Um, but yeah, most definitely, yeah, there's there's definitely a big difference in the in in coaching a youth setup, which I've yeah I, I had a couple of years at two and a half years maybe. Um, in in terms of then managing an adult side, it's yeah it is it's, it can be very very different for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's something I learned when I went to Burnley, and and I'll you know I'll keep saying this um till the cows come home about you know Paul beating. I know you know Paul quite well about having the ability to delegate tasks without becoming lazy and without you know not doing your job properly. Um, but how how do you see your role fitting into that in terms of being a manager? You know, do do you ever get the the itch to go and step in and you know coach when? The coaches are already putting on a session, or is it very much you know, let them do their role and I'll do mine, and we'll discuss it afterwards. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it differs. I guess it's it's if it's we can view what you see in that moment. I guess um, obviously we've kind of got a um, I've got a first team coach Chris Dunwell who's really new to coaching, so he's been a player. He's really really experienced, and he was someone who at the end of his his time as a player, I felt as though it was really important. Like he stayed around the club, he had a He's got. Um, he's a really important person to be around. I felt as though he was. He was really, like I say, a really important character um, that I wanted to keep involved in the club. Um, and um, there was an opportunity for him to come in and be involved as a first team coach. But I knew, kind of, without being a, a coach before and done much coaching, he was going to kind of need some a lot of help and guidance and support. Yeah. Um, and kind of this summer, with there's kind of been quite a bit of change in terms of the, the managerial team. Um, Matthew Cordy was my assistant for the first two years. So had to step aside, um, had to step down because of work commitments, um, which meant there was an opportunity for somebody else. Uh, so we um, we appointed um, a guy called Richie Hill, um, who's got a vast amount of knowledge. Um, had, had worked a lot with Middlesbrough. Um, has been a manager in the Northern League previously, um, and. Kind of felt it was just what I needed. I probably needed someone with a bit of experience. Yeah. Um, he's got great contacts uh, as well, and he's a he's a top top class coach. Um, with with Chris kind of needing needing some needing some support, um, 
Crispin kind of do a lot of his own coaching and, and bounce things off, off me and Richie where and Richie can obviously do a lot of his own coaching and Chris can kind of learn a lot from him so yeah, yeah. very much as a management team it's, it kind of works quite well because we've got Richie who's got a lot of experience um, we've got Chris who's got a good career understanding of the game um, along with my other coach Mike who's, who's been in the we've been in the Northern League for 10-15 years there's there's not many players in the, in the second division that Mike doesn't know about and know their strengths and weaknesses for so again he's very 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 useful um, but yeah, it, it's going back to your original question. If I, I'll sometimes, if I think that there's, there's a point in, in, in part of the coaching topic that's maybe not been picked up by two or three players, I'll, I'll never be afraid to, to kind of go in and reaffirm what some some of the coaches have said. But some, sometimes I, I, um, I often think if a coaching session is going well, sometimes you don't need to coach. Yeah. If, if you've asked the players to do something and, and they're delivering and the session is working as you want it to and it's bright and it's fun and it's enjoyable sometimes as a coach you just need to say this is working really well and just introduce progressions and topics as you need to sometimes I think sometimes you don't always as a coach you can be quite hyped up on getting your points across but if the lads are understanding and getting your topic sometimes you just need to you just need to appreciate the enjoyment of a session sometimes yeah do you think I know it's probably different for you because when professional managers are in the game and they've probably, because it's their full-time job, they probably get a little bit more time to reflect. But with Chris especially, when you're coaching or when you're managing or when you're even having conversations with players, do you ever look at certain players and think, you know, these could these could move into coaching when they go on to retire or is it purely they're going to play and then they're going to move on to something different? Um, yeah, I think, I think if I was to go... Through my squad, I think you'd maybe name two or three who I think would probably want to stay in the game um, after their playing side of things. And I think sometimes that comes from from, from people's temperament a lot of the yeah. time. I think that's a that's a big factor. Um, and game understanding again is is really important. For Chris, I think he, he was always someone who, who's uh, as club captain. I had lots of conversations with him whilst he was a player, and he was always somebody who I always felt would be. He would, be, he would be a very positive in, in somebody's dressing room and, and like I say, I'm delighted that he's, he's, he stayed with us. Um, again, he, he's got a lot of contacts in, in and around the Northern League and he, and he knows his stuff. Um, was, a, was a very good player and, and, and like you say, I think a lot of the lads, because he's come from a player to now being a coach, I think a lot of lads respect him, know, knew that he could play the game. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 it, that transition was, was kind of fairly easy as opposed to somebody brand new coming in with, with maybe the experience that Chris had might have found that tougher. But knowing the players, he didn't feel as though he had to get his personality across or anything like that. He could just go, go in and, 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 and fit in quite seamlessly, really. Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, some, some players do find it quite difficult to separate that playing mentality, the coaching mentality or managing mentality because they might potentially be in the characters of the dressing room and the players might have associated them with, oh, you know, you'll always have a laugh with them on a night out and stuff. And then all of a sudden to, to have some sort of form of, of form of authority, sorry, to then go, right, well, now it's as opposed to me being a mate on your pitch, I've got to try and, on the pitch, sorry, I've got to try and actually have some sort of demand for you as a player. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, going back to Norton, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I that I learned coming away from, from that. From, from me and Dino, I think we were probably... Too, too close to the players as, yeah. as 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 friends, and I think that's something something definitely that I've taken away is is yeah, I want to still have a connection with all my players, but I've, they've still got to understand that I'm the manager and they're the players. Um, 
So that was probably definitely the, the main the main thing that I learned from from my time at North um, for sure. Um, but it, it's don't get me wrong, it's difficult because you you, you want to have that connection and that bond with the players. Yeah. But then at the, at, in the next breath, you've you've also got to make sure that you, you've got that authority to, to be the manager. For, um, so yeah, I, I can see that that I can see sometimes that being a, a, a massive factor. Maybe putting players off who would probably potentially be good, great managers, yeah. um, because they're, they're not sure how they would be able to deal with that connection. Um, so yeah, I think that could that could definitely be be a problem for some people, and, and I think that that not an experience has definitely put me in good stead for, for moving forward for sure. Yeah, good stuff. It's all learning experiences, isn't it? And I'm sure. Chris will be in the same position as as you said you were like three four years ago as well. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so coming back to Crook as a club, then so last season, I think you'll admit that it's probably been your best season as a as the manager of the club. But even though the season got cut short, or like I mentioned before, that the season doesn't actually count anymore. How do you reflect on on last season? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Firstly, it took um, it, it took a while to. To kind of get your head around the fact that the, the season wasn't going to finish, um, you kind of feel as though you're owed something. Yeah. You know, like we, we've done ever so well. Can we not have the opportunity to finish the season off? But um, make no bones about it, we were we 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 weren't done and dusted from from, from getting up. We we were in a great run of form, um, and 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 everybody in our dressing room would have backed ourselves to to get up, um, but. The, the, it's a tough league. Um, I look at the teams in in, a, in and around um, in and around the, the top end of the division, um, and, it, and the, there's some top top teams in there. I think, and again, going into next year, a lot of them are strengthened. Um, but yeah, last season, um, I was delighted. I was delighted. It, it kind of it kind of carried on from the year before. So around about um, around about the start of the year following, we went on a great run. I think we won six games on the spin. Yeah. Um, and that kind of really, really finished the season off well. I think we, I think our our media guy put a farm guide together in the second half of the season. I think we we were just behind Billingham Town and Thornaby, who were who were well clear of, of, of everybody else. We kind of ended the season really, really well. Um, so we kind of wanted to just build on that and keep that momentum going, really. So that first and foremost, that stemmed from keeping a lot of the players there, um, and I think a lot of the players wanted to stay. Um, kind of got used to that that positive positive dressing room that we created um, and that kind of just stemmed from there we we, um, we, we signed we recruited well last summer um, made some made some good signings um, and then kind of just just kind of moved on from there really the, the positive the positive mentality we, we, we didn't start the season great I think we'd lost five of our first 11 but then I think we lost one of the next 16 yeah. um, following that and that went that run just just kicked us on really Um so we got ourselves in, in, in a great position. I think probably before the Chesley Street game, we were still thinking, can we catch, can we catch somebody above us as opposed to looking behind us? And then that one defeat, because everybody was winning every week. The top yes. eight were winning every single week, so the pressure was just constantly on. Um, but even outside the top eight, there was some, there was some, some really, really tough, tough, tough games that we had on. In particular, um, who um, obviously I know you've got a connection with. They give us a, they give us a real tough game. Um, we beat them three 0 but that wasn't a true reflection on the game. They uh, they had a man sent off, I think, for about ten minutes, um, and I think I think we scored two in maybe the last fifteen minutes. So, um, but they were a real, real tough opponent, and that just stems typically from from 
the, the second division of the Northern League. There's, yeah. there's lots and lots of good teams, but the the top eight, I, I, I think Jarrow on paper are an excellent team. Um, Tallow beat us at our place and we still had them to play. Uh, we had Sinners to play last game of the season, they were four. We still had Carl out to play, who I think could have gone fifth if they won the games in hand. So we were by no means over the line. Um, and this season will be the same. We, we don't, we've got no divine right to, to get promoted because of where we were last year. Yeah. We've got to go out and do it. Um, and, and that'll be the message that, that the players are already aware of and that we've got to go and, got to go and give that message again. But it, it, there's, there's, there's lots of very, the top eight in particular are very, very strong. Um, so yeah, it's going to be another entertaining, entertaining season for sure. Yeah, it's almost like the championship, isn't it? It's it's unpredictable and you, do, you don't know what you're going to get every week. You know, I think the thing is about that sort of level of of the game, players can sign any time they want during the season up to I think it's end of March or something. I think that's the rule. So yeah. you literally sometimes you can play a team in November and you play them again in January, February, you could have a, a almost a completely different eleven, couldn't you? So that's the challenge yeah. straight away that you face, isn't it? Um but what for you last season, I know I asked, asked Tony this and I should have asked him the second part of it, which I, w- I will ask you, what for you was the standout result in terms of um the combination of the result and the performance for you last season. Um, the in terms of kickstarting our season, we beat um, we, we beat Willington in that in that Friday night game, which which kind of got our our season up and running, and that was that performance matched um, that performance matched the results, um, and it was much needed. In terms of the standout performance, though, I think West Allotment were were. were were head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of if you look at the points, the goals are scored, they were the best team in the division. Um, we played them twice and, and we beat them both times. At home, we beat them 4-0, which was a, was a massive shock. Um, not to us, but I think yeah. to probably everybody else because they started so well and we hadn't started great. Um, so to beat West Allotment 4-0 on the first game of the season, for them to, to lose their first game of the season, um, I think it was game 7 or game 8, um, was was... Was hats off to our players. I, th- I thought that was as that was as as as, a, as close to a perfect performance as we could have had. Um, right from the first whistle, I thought we were we were, we were excellent, um, and and we we deserved to win that day. Um, like I say, they they they, were, they, they deserved to go up. Um, they they weren't going to get caught by anybody. Um, in my opinion, I thought they were they were an excellent side. Um, but yeah, so to beat them twice was was really satisfying, and the home one in particular beating four 0 was 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 a was definitely probably the performance of the season. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So second part then, what result really sticks in your head and really still annoys you to this day of last season to think how or why did we get beaten that game? Um, Probably, probably that the, the game before lockdown finished, uh, we played Chesley Street. Uh, we lost one 0 at home, um, and I don't remember them having a shot on target. Yeah. Um, I think the it was uh, it was a wind assisted free kick where our lads tried to play his lines and shank one in his own goal. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was it was like pretty much all hands on pump. Chesley Street. I always say to to, to to teams when we're playing Chester Street, this is the one team you don't want to go behind against because yeah. once they've got something to hang on to, they're very, very difficult to break down. Yeah. Um, they've caused us they've caused us problems um, since in my time in, uh, in, in charge. Um, and yeah, that, that, that one was is a real one. Is you've come away from that thinking, how have we not won that game? Um, that was that was that was a, a, a bit of one, and, and hence 
the following week, there's probably nothing better than a Willington game, a derby on a Friday night to try and put that right. So then, for them, that to cut yeah. get shot. Yeah, definitely. Get yeah. Shot, because a lockdown, you're like, oh, man, <laughs> this, this was just, it was an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, um, that was probably the one that, that, that sticks out the most, the one where you think we probably should have done, probably yeah. should have done better there and got away. So with that then, it, it's, I'm always interested in this this sort of idea of setting a team up to play against a Chesley Street or whoever it may be. So was your training always based on who you play against or was it always to develop what you had already set in stone as your philosophy, your style of play? Bit of a mixture. Uh, bit of a mixture. So we, we would... We would certainly try... Like the FA bars, for argument's sake, when we played... Um, when we played Longridge, who um, we played Longridge Town in the in the FA Vars first round proper, um, and they we we knew quite a bit about them. I'm fortunate enough to have a friend who plays a similar sort of level to us over at Liverpool kind of way, so I kind of got a bit of a scout report from from how they were. The week before we played them, we played Newcastle University, yeah, and their manager uh, was very complimentary of Longridge, give me a bit of a. Um, a detailed report as well, so we had an idea as to how they were going to play. So on the Wednesday, um, before we played them, we had a we went through a lot of, of tactical shape and, and based on based on around Longridge. Um, they were in the division above. I think they were they might have been top at the time, and the beat um, I say they beat Newcastle University and they beat somebody else quite comprehensively, and they they were flying. Um, we weren't in the greatest would have form, um, so I think if we were in the form that we would have been in two two months down the line, I'd have probably just said let's have a go, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's try and take them on. Um, but I wanted to try and give us the best chance of winning the game, so we kind of kind of really sat off them, defended, and we went through a lot of shape in terms of in terms of how to how to handle that. Um, again, I think if somebody's got a, a specific style of play who you're playing against from, from one week to the next, you kind of kind of work on how their strengths and, and potential weaknesses to try to, to, yeah. try to, to work out how, how the best ways to beat them. Um, but we do a lot on, on, on us. We, um, a, lot of our, a lot of our focus is on making us be the best that we can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, the, if, there's, if there's certain things that we think is going to really, really help us against the team that we're, that we're going to play against, um, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely look at that as, uh, as well. Yeah, it's always an interesting one that I, I I like to get insight into different different clubs because some people will just say, "Don't care who we play, this our style is our style, and you know we're believing what we can do." But I always think it's a, a a tad naive to think, you know, if you look at Man City for example, a lot of people can say Man City are the best team in the world, but you look at Wednesday um, or whenever it was, don't even remember when it was to be fair, but when they got beat off Leon, um, obviously something went wrong there, so it it doesn't necessarily always work, does it? Yeah, no, no, definitely not. I think, yeah, I think even the best managers probably can overthink things sometimes, and 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 probably cause yourself your own problems by maybe not just trying to go with what you what you believe is the best way to do that. And I've probably been probably been capable um, of of doing that myself. Um, maybe looking too much against the other time other teams. We've we've been we've been a team who would often change shape in game. Um, once, sometimes even twice, even in the first half, sometimes in games we've changed our shape because, in my view, that that's my that's my job as a manager. Um, I believe is if the if we've set up in a certain way and it's not working, um, if it's if it's down to player performances, then that's something different. But I, if I think that a, a change of shape or a change of style um, 
it's going to have a positive influence in the game. And I think if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be doing my job properly. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so for, for me, you, you, you've got to try and help your players as best you can. Um, but yeah, I've often got um, had conversations with the players before around they maybe thought we've we changed formations too much in games and not really, not really, not really allowed a certain system to to pan out the way it should have done. Um, and other times we we changed it and, and, and it's worked. And obviously sometimes it hasn't. Um, I think we changed formation three times against these last season. Um, and that was just that was just how what I see. Like I say, it's, it's not always going to be right, um, and you are always going to make mistakes. Um, and you can do as much homework as you can. I, I, I'm someone who always gets out and watches other teams and tries to get an idea as to as to how teams will play. Um, especially last year, I didn't know anything about Carlisle. I didn't know, know anything about Newcastle University. So I had to go watch those those teams play. Yeah. Um, then you get an idea as to what they what they're going to be about. But sometimes, as you say, sometimes I think you can you can maybe focus too much on the opposition um, rather than just saying. I think if we go out and play the way that we can, we'll beat them. Um, so it's, yeah, it is a bit of a it is a bit of a balancing act. Um, but yeah, we, we we do try and focus on us. Um, but try and tailor training sessions around if we can develop a, a strength of ours that's going to be against the weakness of the opposing team. That's that's that's, that's kind of how the training normally should be. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, just to finish off with, then you've touched on this a little bit when we talked about last season, but I mean, surely this season's expectations have got to be promotion, considering the the momentum you had before lockdown. Do you feel like you can carry that momentum on into the new season, and then obviously look to finish in the top four? Yeah, I would like to think so. Um, but again, as I alluded to earlier, there's there's lots of very good teams in this division, and and. And, and, and also, as you've said, you, that season that season isn't doesn't isn't worth anything. So yeah. you, it, it, it's been and gone and finished, and we haven't got anything for it. So we've got to go out and, and, and prove that we're, we're one of the top four sides. Um, I believe I believe we are. I think we've we've recruited well in the summer again. Um, I think we've strengthened on, on what we already have, um, which we're in a fortunate position as a club to be able to do. Um, obviously, the whole. The whole COVID pandemic means that clubs might not be in the same fortunate position that they've been in. Um, so whether or not whether or not we'll see that this season in terms of some some teams changing changing their tack, I'm not sure. But from our perspective, it, for for us, yeah, it, it, obviously it's about getting promoted because of the the position that we, we put ourselves in last year. But it, it is it is also about progression. Um, when I t- when I took over from Crook, I think we finished the club. I think it finished in the bottom four. Um, the previous three years um, so the chairman and I had a conversation it was about trying to get in the top half which we did we finished ninth yeah. finished joint seventh on points in my first season um, and then it was just to try and improve on that last year um, obviously we got ourselves into a great position um, third when the league was cut short so again it's about it's about progression obviously naturally if we're going to progress on third that would mean that we, we get promoted but that's that's, a, that, that's the main thing for me is 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 can we keep the lads progressing and, and, and developing um, at the same speed that we kind of have over the last kind of 12 to 18 months because we we have kind of transformed where the club club has been. That's not just that's not just down to me and the management team. That's there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes uh, as well, which is which is meant the club's in a great place at the moment. So um, yeah, we we I I would imagine people naturally people are going to look at us as being one of the people who are going to be towards the top end of the table because we've retained most of our players. Yeah. And I would like to think we've strengthened. Um, 
So naturally, there's going to be a bit of expectation for us this year where there probably hasn't been in previous years. So it's be interesting to see how the players and myself handle that. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident that we'll, we'll have another successful season for sure. Yeah, great stuff. I'm sure you. I've got no doubt you'll you'll progress again this season and finish in a strong position. And I certainly hope to to get up the crook or in a away game, maybe closer to home, and, um, and watch you watch you guys play because I I really enjoyed. Even though we got beat, I actually really enjoyed that game at five um, three against Burley. It was a really entertaining game. So I've no doubt if I do come and watch, um, I'll be provided with a lot of entertainment. So um, no, definitely definitely good luck to you this season and. Um, Thanks very much for the conversation in general uh, this afternoon. Um, it's been really enjoyable as always, um, getting an insight into your coaching journey, but also you know, the situation at Crook and expectations for the new season. So thanks very much again. No problem. As I, as I said at the start, thanks, thanks very much for having me. Um, yeah, and hopefully see you down at the millfield soon. Yeah, spot on. And I've got no doubts, well... I certainly hope anyway you'll get overtuned listen listens for this uh, podcast so make sure you, you plug it plug it plenty in the um in the next week yeah. or so. But yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks very much everyone for listening to episode six. Join me next week when I'll be joined by Mark Carruthers.